Welcome everyone. Welcome everyone checking us out online. Uh, man, it's a good day to be in the house of God. Y'all are crazy today in a good way. Ready for some, ready for some church today. Whew. I was thinking, I was thinking, um, I was thinking this week how the world, man, it's, it's different than it used to be. Like, we live in a world that um, it's, it doesn't complete anything. You ever, have you noticed that? Like, no one completes anything in this world anymore. And in fact, I would argue the world actually incentivizes apathy. They incentivize just quitting. Let me give you an example. Like, some of you young people don't know this, but the gym membership back in the day used to have to sign up for a year. It was called an annual membership. Now it's like, it's it's month to month because they know you're going to quit. Right? We got a trainer in the house. Representing the sporter, what's up? Good to see you. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like you know, we incentivize quitting because we don't complete anything. You've you've seen. I went to a restaurant probably about a week ago, and I, I walk in there like oh, it's going to be an hour wait. I'm like, hour wait? You got 17 tables? Yeah, but we can't get any servers. They all quit. Right? No one no one completes anything. So I did a little research. Check this out. This is average time uh, spent in a role by generation. Baby boomers, ages 57 to 75, you spend an average of eight years plus at, in, in a role. But look at Gen X, five years, two months, millennials, two years, nine months, and Gen Z coming in a whopping two years and three months. Why? Because we don't complete anything. In fact, Honda in, o- in Ohio, uh, they're offering $5,000 bonus if you make it to the six-month mark. And so what, what do you think everyone's doing? They're making it six months and then they're quitting because we don't complete anything. Parents, you know what I'm talking about because you got them rugrats still living under your roof. Uh-huh. No, so, someone's, someone's with me because they get expensive. That food isn't cheap. And they're still living. Did you know that 52% of young adults in America live under mommy and daddy's roof still, which is the highest since the Great Depression. Crazy, right? Which is why God invented steel toe boots so as to kick them the, <laughs> out of the house. All right. Well, welcome to our final week of the comeback message <laughs> where we love Jesus. So we've been talking about in this comeback series, it is our final week, and we've been talking about this idea about how Jesus came back in the greatest comeback ever at the resurrection, came back from, from, from the grave so as to bring us back. Pretty cool, right? Jesus came back to bring us back. We can celebrate that. That's awesome. But be careful because that is not a complete comeback. That is not a completed story. Wow, that's awesome. And thank God he did because we needed our comeback. God told me to, preach on complete the comeback. Complete your comeback. Tell, tell someone, complete your comeback. Complete your comeback. Because here's, here's the thing about a comeback, all right? And this is where, this is where people miss it, is, is that God, he came back, celebrate the resurrection, woo, to bring us back. Don't stop there. So that we could give back. Newsflash, you and I are not the final resting place for our comeback. Come on, we can give God praise. So say it with me. Put it back up there. Put it back up there. Say it with me. Come on. 
Jesus came back to bring us back so we could give back again. Jesus came back to bring us back so we could give back. One more time. Jesus came back to bring us back so we could give back. We aren't the final resting place for the comeback. It was, it was about you, but it wasn't only about you. And see, that's where we gotta, we gotta look beyond our own mess and say, God, there's something you're doing inside of me, something you're doing within me that was meant to move through me. John chapter 21. We'll pick up the story. It's been about two weeks since the resurrection. They've seen the resurrected Jesus twice. And so now it's been, it's been a few days, maybe, maybe a week and a half or so since they last saw him. And their comeback's not complete, right? They don't, they don't understand the reason for which Jesus came fully, fully, fully. So it's kind of, there's a sense to which it's, in, it's incomplete. So what happens when your comeback is incomplete and you don't give back, right? Because... The whole point of it was, was to give back. He brought us back, came back to bring us back, so we give back. If you don't give back, you know what you do? If you don't give back, you go back. And that's exactly what they did. And, I'm, and this, that, that's, that just answered a problem. So, some, some of you have been going back to something. You've been going back to something. You're like, why am I going back? Because your mind's on yourself. We gotta give back so we don't go back. That's not even, that's not even the message. That's just a little extra for you today. Okay, so... So, um, so, so they go back to what they always knew. Two and a half years, they go back to fishing. So there they are, doing what they know. Their purpose is wrapped up in their past, and they're going back to it, and they have this failed night of fishing. Then Jesus shows up in the morning. Uh, John 21, verse 4. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. Probably thinking, who's this joker? <laughs> well, but they gave it a shot. They had nothing to lose. The nets were empty. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, and by the way, I love that. That's John. John's under the direction of the Holy Spirit, writes the gospel of John. And so he's talking about himself, you know. John's like the, the disciple who Jesus loved. Oh, that's me. <laughs> Just slide that in there. Said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning, a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. God, I thank you that you knock, you pursue us. You didn't just pursue 
Peter and the disciples one time. You, you, you came back again and again, and, and you do the same thing for us because you don't want us to settle for an incomplete comeback. God, help us complete that comeback today and help us step into our purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so he's like, uh, yo, put the net on the right side. You're like, that's cool, but that's, I mean, yeah, that's awesome that they found fish, but how does that affect me now? How does that affect me? Answer, I think a lot of us have our net on the wrong side of the boat. And so what I'm gonna ask you to do today, and those watching online, I'm gonna ask you to take a net check. Not a nut check. That's a different kind of check for a men's retreat. <laughs> I only say that because every guy above the age of 13, maybe below, was thinking the same thing. Let's just get out there so we can preach the gospel of Jesus, okay? Net check. We're taking a net check. My man's with me. I love it. All right, so examine what's in your net. A lot of us, we got a nice car. Ooh. How many horsepower, how many, how many horsepower does a Corvette have, the new ones? I mean, my Maserati does 185, I don't know. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. All right, anyways, I, I don't know how many horsepower, but like, it's nothing wrong with having a nice car. If you got a nice car, praise God. There's nothing wrong with a nice car. If you drive a nice car, yay God. Just make sure that car doesn't drive you. Okay, all right, all right. Nice house, oh man, look at that. Maybe some of you, in your net, you, you, you have this beautiful 3,500 square foot home that you own. That's awesome, nothing wrong with that. No, no problem. Just make sure it doesn't own you. Uh -huh. or, or, or for a lot of us, we, we uh, oh, she lost a shoe. <laughs> I gotta keep this skirt down too. It's like, it's like all right, it's a G-rated program today. So uh, nothing wrong with chasing image. I mean, you know. Right, like man, if you, nothing wrong with taking care of yourself, wanting to be healthy, that's cool. Body's the temple, take care of your temple. But I, I wonder if we wanna possess a good body, if it can begin to possess us, like our image and, and, and what we think and how we feel and how we have to look a certain way because what we see on social media, after all, I gotta look perfect. Well, there's no such thing as perfect. Only perfect perfection is in Jesus Christ, right? And so I just wonder sometimes as we take an examination of, of our net, like what's in my net, what's in your net today? Because here's what God's communicating through scripture. Is that we, begin, we need to cast your net for a catch that lasts. Can someone say amen? Anybody feel with the Holy Spirit today? Can you say amen? Okay, we, we, we cast so often for, for things that are not eternal. Nothing wrong with those things if, you, if they're in your net. No problem, no, no guilt or condemnation or anything. That's fine but they ain't going to heaven. Maseratis don't go to heaven. Sweet, sweet houses with the stainless steel appliances, they don't go to heaven either. Your image doesn't go to heaven. Your soul does. Human beings, people go to heaven. And so I wonder, are you casting for a catch that will last? What, what will last? People last. What's in your net? I hope as you look at your net today, you find people because Peter was on the verge of settling for a cast that would not last, a cast that would perish. Remember, two and a half years earlier, he was on those same waters. 
Jesus rolled up on the scene. And he's like, hey, Peter, I'm going to preach from your boat. Okay, preach. And he's like, hey, push out a little bit farther. Okay, let your nets down here. And you know what he said to him? Here's what he said. Here's what he said. Two and a half years earlier, he said, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. That's what I want in my net. And isn't it funny that a fisherman in the natural would fish for things that are alive that soon die? But a fisher of men, a fisher of people, fishes, would fish for, for things that, that are spiritually dead, but through Christ are made alive eternally. Whew. Man, that's what I want. Ephesians 2, 5, even though we were dead because of our sins, he, Jesus, gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Like, that's the life that we have. That's the light that we bear if we cast for a catch that lasts. So uh, I'm glad you stayed for the second service. This is, uh, this is Daniel. Go ahead and put a picture up. He's here. You can stand up, Daniel. Stand up. That's Daniel. So Daniel, Daniel, I met Daniel uh, at the gym. He came up to me and he was all sweaty. Actually, that was right after I took the picture that day. And uh, he just starts crying, telling me about what God has done in his life. You see, about two months ago, you didn't have that smile. You went through a really, really dark period. And he's allowed me to share this story, by the way. A really dark period. And uh, so much so that you're like, I don't even know why I'm alive. Like he said he was suicidal, thinking about taking his life. Until a fisherman named Brigitte. Did you stay around? Is Brigitte here? Is she still here? She, she's gone. She was here this morning, but uh, I didn't ask her to stay around. But Brigitte, who is the manager uh, at, at EOS Fitness, she, uh, she cast net. And the truth is, she's been casting for three years, right? Three years, she's been telling them about, hey, you need to come to church, come to this place called The Gathering. And by the way, Brigitte is the reason you're here, right, Julian, our young adults pastor? It's because, because of Brigitte? Oh, I was at, oh, it gets better than that. I, I, was at, I was at a tire shop. Cindy and I were at a tire shop uh, yesterday, two days ago. We were at a tire shop, and sorry to pause the story, but this is what I'm talking about. Like, someone's like, hey, a guy named Calvin just moved out here from California. He manages a tire shop, and he's like, um... Uh, you know, I, I was working at EOS and you don't happen to girl, know a girl, girl game. I said, Brigitte? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's supposed to come to church too, right? Like, because, why, 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 why? Because she fishes for a catch. She casts for a catch that lasts. You last. And God did a work. You, you serve now. You go to young adults. You're, he's a big part of, of this church. And, and I wrote down, would you, would you, uh, when you emailed me, I, I put this in the message. He emailed me, this is my comeback I finally realized I can't do this alone and that I need Christ in my life. Give God praise. Come on. That's what happens when you fish for people. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Woo, that's what happens when you fish for people because Jesus came back to bring us back. He brought Brigitte back from all sorts of stuff. She'll, she'll share her testimony so that she could give back. And let me tell you, she's been giving back and she's been fishing for people, for a catch that lasts. Verse seven, then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard this, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken off and then jumped into the water. It, I love Peter, man. Like God, God 
uses Simon Peter to do some just remarkable stuff. And yet he's crazy like the rest of us. Like most people would like, you know, if you're gonna jump in the water, what would you do, Sean? You'd probably take your shirt off, wouldn't you? All right, and, 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 and Josh, you would be coveting his, his, his biceps. But no, we, we, we t- Peter, no, no, he's like, I'm gonna put this on and I'm gonna swim to Christ. I mean, he's crazy. But I love his passion to pursue Jesus. He might be a little cray-cray, but man, he loves Jesus. And, and I think he understands that something that a lot of us miss in here. You cannot complete your comeback with one foot in the water. And so Simon Peter reminds us through his example, get in the water. God's telling someone watching online, get in the water. 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 We gotta get in the water. Otherwise, we're not gonna complete our comeback. We're not gonna give, you ain't gonna give back if you're not in the mess where people live, right? If you're not in people's lives, you're gonna be secluded, isolated, and die a slow death spiritually. And that's not what God has for us. He says, get in the water. I, I, I know the reservation for a lot of us, okay? I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. A lot of us, we don't wanna get in the water. Why? Because we've been dunked. The last time we got in the water, things didn't work out the way we thought and we felt like we got dunked. Maybe by a person, maybe by a pastor, maybe by a, a, a church and we feel like, or maybe it's by God. You feel like, you know, I felt like God was holding my hand underwater. Like those are real feelings, okay? So we're not trying to like, I'm trying to gloss over that. Those are real fears and feelings and, and phobias that exist within us. Can we be honest? I'll share one. Okay, I'll, I'll keep it real. <laughs> so we bought land, 28 acres. 28 acres, yeah, yeah, that was, that was yeah. I was, I was, I was, I was stoked, right? Like, and I'm, I'm casting the vision. I'm telling y'all, this is where, where God's leading us and, and, and this is where we're gonna be. There's a future home and I'm, I'm super excited. And, and so much so that we even had a prayer service out there. We had a prayer service and we got these little, uh, this little vial, I guess it's called, I don't know. And we put like dirt and rocks from the land and we prayed over it and challenged people to take it home and pray over it. We were all excited, fired up. Well, then through some, a course of events, there was an easement issue. There were some legalities that would prevent us from quickly, expediently building not to mention it was in a, um, a, a kind of commercial area. And so we ended up feeling like God was saying, sell it. So we sold it, but we're like, okay, we'll sell it. We'll get something else. So then we went to a, 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 a property near Sweetwater Road and I got a rock from there. I'm like, I'm gonna pray over this rock. Surely this is it, God. That fell through. Then we went to uh, Opioria. There's a property near Peoria and 303. This is it. I got a rock. I am praying over the anointing of Jesus Christ upon this rock. Oh, right? Fell through. Then we went to, to out, uh, Perryville Road. Perryville Road and Cactus. This is it. This is it. This is the rock that's going to change my world. It's going to rock my world. Fell through. And so in my closet... I got that looking at me. So then, okay, 
That's the, that's the context. So then this past week, we got a call on some land. It's a beautiful location, great spot. And they actually called us on it and said, hey, we heard about your church and blah, blah, blah. And it's growing and you guys are running out of room and blah, blah. And so I told my wife, I'm like, Cindy, I don't want to go get a rock. <laughs> I'm like trepidatious to get a rock from the land and pray over it and put it in my closet and add it to my litany of failure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is, he is. And, and, and here's, what, here, here's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, don't mourn the rocks for what they were not. Celebrate them for what they are. Ooh, okay, hang on. Then, 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 then God took me to Matthew 16, 18, where he said to Peter, now I say to you, you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Oh, oh, oh hang on, hang on, hang on. Who gave Simon the name Peter, which means rock? Answer, Jesus, John 1, 42. You can look it up later. First time Simon, that's his Hebrew name, given name, means to hear. First time he meets Jesus in, in John 1, 42, Jesus is like, mm, oh, I got plans for you. Uh, I'm gonna change your name to Cephas, which is Aramaic, means the same thing, rock, meaning rock. Peter, Petros, rock. What I'm saying, listen to me. Jesus literally gave him the rock. And then he said, upon this rock, Jesus Christ is the rock, working through a broken rock named Peter to build the church. Whoa, that just changed the way you look at the rocks that God sends your way. Sometimes that rock that besets you is literally sent by God to develop you, to grow you, and to build a church upon that. You know how much money we have from selling that land? I'll tell you. We sold that land, we started this church with nothing, no money, literally no money, no denominational support. I'm like, Jesus, you gotta be enough. Because if you ain't enough, then, then we're gonna be in big trouble, but I wanna find out one way or another. You know, so we didn't have a pot to pee in. And you know how much we have sitting in the bank, drawing interest, ready to buy land, to build the church upon that? And you were part of that, Angie. You know how much we have? $5.2 million. <laughs> Upon the rock of Jesus Christ, we will build this church. And the gates of hell ain't gonna prevail against it either. It changes the way you look at those rocks. And, but, but I know someone here saying, yeah, but you know, but I, I'm, being, I'm being torn apart. Like I feel like the agitation and, uh, and, and being too long in that season, I feel like it's torn me. Well, if you go back two and a half years, they were in the same spot. And remember, he said, put your nets down. Do you remember two and a half years ago what happened to those nets? They tore. They tore. And that's someone today, you, you feel like maybe you're a single mom and you feel like something's been torn away from you. Or you went through a relationship issue and, and that loved one has been severed. Or maybe it's just God. Maybe he said no or not yet. And you just feel like there's a tearing. Well, here's what I want to tell you from God's word. There's, in, in one season, there was a tearing two and a half years ago. Fast forward to our text today. 
It says it was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Same place, same boat, probably the same net that had been repaired, cast by the same jokers two and a half years ago. What changed? In one instance, there was a tearing. In another instance, it was held together. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. You came to church to hear this today. Trust God in the tearing, for he's the same God who holds you together. In one season, there might be a tearing. Why? I don't know. And sometimes God ain't telling. But there's a plan for it. There's a purpose for it, greater than our little brains can understand. But the same God that allows the tearing is the same God that will hold those nets concretely together in unity so that we can grow and be the people God's called us to be. See, here's what I'm trying to say. You want the truth? Birthday girl, she's 52 today. Happy birthday, girl. Happy birthday. You want the truth? You may not want the truth, but I'm gonna give the truth to you. Comebacks are most often developed in deep water. I know you want the, make me feel good, Pastor John. Well, how about we, we just preach the gospel and let's not try to add or take away to it, huh? There's enough people that are doing that these days. Let's just preach the gospel. And the gospel is clear that God takes us in rough waters. God takes us into deep waters to develop us. Let me, let me give you some proof. So rewind to the Last Supper, the night before Jesus would go to the cross. You could feel the heaviness of the room. And Jesus says to to Simon, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. In other words, to, to allow persecution, to allow attack, to sift you all as wheat. What do you think Jesus would respond? I thought he would have responded, hell no. Relax, it's not cussing. He's talking to Satan. Satan represents hell. He's telling hell, no. That's what you think a loving, tender God who left heaven to pursue the people he loved. You think he would say, hell, no. I mean, that's what would, I mean, if Satan asked to, 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 to beat up your son uh, with a baseball bat, what are you going to sell him? No. Hell, no. Rodell said, hell, no. Right? But here's, here's, what, here's the response. He doesn't tell Satan no. Verse 32. But I have prayed, Jesus says, I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Okay, now I'm super confused. Not only does he not tell Satan no, but now he's going to pray for for, for Peter's faith not to fail, knowing that he's about to deny Jesus three times. Knowing he's about to fail, I'm gonna waste my time praying for you? That your faith not fail? Or is there more to the story? See, that's why we gotta be students of the word. We gotta read the word of God. We gotta study the word of God because there's, there's something that, we're, that most of us, we're missing. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that you're, not you, not you, that you won't fail. No, he didn't say that. I, I pray, he said, I pray that your faith will not fail. Okay, we know from Romans 12, three, that God has given us each a measure of faith. 
He didn't shortchange you. He didn't jip you. He's not a cheapskate. He's given you all the faith that you need in accordance with the very work that he's called you to do. Do not pray for more faith. That is a prayer based in a misunderstanding. God, help me exercise the God-given faith that is dormant in my life. That would be a more biblical prayer because God's given you the faith you need in accordance with the call that's on your life. So, here's what I'm saying. I pray that your faith may not fail. Peter, yes, he failed. But while he was in the midst of failing, his faith was being fortified. You thought God, now listen, let me be clear. I'm not, I'm not absolving his issue, right, and his disobedience. Not okay, not, not godly, there's consequences for that. Let me be clear. I'm saying that in the midst of all that, God's doing one of those Romans 8.28 things where he's like, yeah, I know you're going through a tough time. I know you're making some mistakes. I know that you're, 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 you're in a rough spot. But don't you know that in the midst of all that, I am building something in you that you cannot see? Something that will have lasting implications in your life, with your family, in your marriage. I'm developing you into a disciple. Because in case you didn't know, we ain't trying to grow a big church. That was, Jesus never said, go and, and grow a big church. In Matthew 28, he said, go and make disciples. Disciples are people who are like Jesus. And to be like Jesus, we got to be developed. we got to be cultivated. That soil in our heart has to be turned over, has to be aerated. And it's not always easy. While Peter was failing, his faith was being fortified. Proof of that? How many people were in the boat with him? There's a total of seven people in the boat. If you, read, if you go back and read that passage, seven people. How many jokers jumped in the water? One. A man whose faith had recently been tested. A man who recently had failed, but while he's in the midst of failing, his faith was being cultivated. So much so that when Jesus showed up, he's like, I'm putting on my jacket and I'm coming, I'm swimming to you, Jesus. And then don't miss this part. And don't miss this part. Here's the point. Here's the point. And when you have turned back, Peter, he says, in other words, you failed, right? You failed. Faith is being cultivated in the midst of it, but you failed. It's okay. When you turn back, when you come back, when you come back, he says, strengthen your brothers. When you come back, strengthen your brothers. When you come back, give back. That was the point. It was always the point. Jesus came back to bring us back so that we could give back. But you know what? It takes jumping in. You ain't going to give back with one toe in the water. You ain't going to complete your comeback with one little big toe in there. You got to jump in. Jump in like my man, Alan. Come on out here, Alan. So Alan, Alan came here about two months ago. He was 42 years old. He's 42 years old and has been up until recently an atheist. But God changed all that. And two months ago, he shows up at the gathering church. And wow, what God has done. He, he, so the first time he shows up two months ago, it's a nine o'clock service. And he comes, attends the service. Then he's like, 
oh, there's a next class starting? Next is our class where you can get plugged in and learn about your spiritual gift and how you can serve and be a part of, of what God's doing. Maybe learn a little bit of the history of the church. So he signs up for the 1045 that same day, stays around for, that, for the next class. And then he signs up to serve the very next week. And you're here at 5 a.m. this morning. Been serving. And uh, what, else, what else was I saying earlier? During security. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's part of a small group. That's what I was thinking. He's also joined a small group. Yeah, yeah. Amen. People in a small group. Yeah, Copeland's group. People who are in a small group clap because you know how much we need. And true discipleship doesn't really occur on a Sunday. This is awesome. This is wonderful. It's a celebration. But true discipleship occurs in, in small groups. And so, um, yeah, thank you for, for loving and investing in him, Ken Copeland, Pastor Ken Copeland. Truly has a shepherd's heart. He really does. So he came back. Isn't that cool? Okay, but, but, but he came back so that he could, Jesus came back to bring him back, which he obviously did, so that he could give back. Well, you jumped in and you started giving back. When, when you give back, do you know that it, it doesn't just affect you, it affects other people? Do you know that? So much so that he's in the next class that day and he, he's gone through a divorce and so he's, he's single. And um, he meets this wonderful... Huh? You're going to get me in trouble. Huh? You're gonna get me in trouble. What? Keep talking. Okay, all right. <laughs> so he meets a, a girl named Jessica. Come on out here, Jessica. This is Jessica. Come on out. He meets her in the next class. I mean, it's not really the intent of next, but hey, if God works like that, hey, that's awesome. Give a whole nother meaning to the word next. So, so anyways, meets Jessica and Jessica's daughters, Emma and Elise. Yes, I got it right, I got it right, Emma and Elise. Emma, Emma serves every week in the kids' ministry. Isn't that cool? Thank you for that. So cool. So, but... So as if that's not cool enough, there's more to the story. You see, you've got a, how old is Olivia? Eight-year-old daughter, Olivia, who's never been to church until how many weeks? Uh, Come on out here, until Easter. She's been to church now ever since Easter. They haven't missed a week. That's Olivia. Oh, it gets better. He, so he calls his ex-wife, Jamie, to get permission to bring Olivia to church. And he's like, hey, uh, would you mind if I uh, brought Olivia to church? She's like, you're going to church? <laughs> right? She's like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, well, you know, um, me and John, that's her husband's name, we've been looking for a church too. Could we come? Yes, you can come. So come on out, family. We got Jamie. And her husband, John, we got James, we got, uh, let's see, uh, what is it, Ethan, and what is it, Kylie, I got that the first service, I missed it, but isn't that cool, like, praise God, for the, and by the way, thank you, he serves in our military, thank you for that, appreciate that, man. But how cool is that, like, all because God worked in you to, to bring you back. But you didn't let that comeback die with you. 
this will continue on through your offspring, your generation, through your leadership. Thank God for, for and, and, it was you, and, and when I asked them if they'd do this, you, you, you were like, you were the driving force behind it. I was like, yep, yes. yep. So I thank you, for your, thank you for your leadership, John. And, and, and so here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap it up, but I, but I want you to stay up here. Because here's, so Jesus kind of Jesus set the, the seven up, okay? He, he kind of did like one of these jobs and, because he, he delivers the knockout punch right here. They, they finish having breakfast and then he gives them what he really came there to give them. Verse 15, when they had finished eating, they said to Simon, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Well, yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed Olivia. Feed my lambs. You're, you're the lamb that Jesus was talking about. Again, he, he said to Simon, son of John, do, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of James. You're, you're who Jesus was talking about. A third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed Emma. Feed my sheep. That's what he was talking about. Feed them. And I just, I just want to ask one question. Do you love Jesus? feed a sheep. I don't want to be a church that talks a good talk. Like I want for you, for me, for this church to be people who are a lot like Jesus. I, it's not to know about Jesus. That's not enough. Mental assent, it, it's just knowledge. It's, we want to be like Jesus. We want to feed his sheep like you were doing this morning at 5 a.m. <laughs> when you were setting up the kids' ministry. The Bible says the harvest is plentiful, but the Allens are few, <laughs> right? The labors are few. And we got some amazing people doing some amazing things. I want to invite you to be part of that. <laughs> I want, I want, on behalf of this amazing family, I want to invite you to complete your comeback. What does that look like? Three things. Number one, if you don't have a church home and you've been kind of like one foot in, I want to ask you to commit to this, to this church. To jump in with, with both feet and say, you know what? I'll make this church my, my home. And what does that mean? That means you actually come to church. That means next, you know, when, when the football game's on, you're like, you know what? I'll, I'll record it. You know, when, when the soccer practice, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll. And, and not that you have to, I, there's times where you, to miss. I'm not being legalistic about it. I'm just saying, jump in. Make this church your home. Commit to the gathering family. Number two, commit to the next class. You can sign up for the next class at our Connect Center, but that's the class on how to get plugged in, spiritual gifts, just discover who you are and how God can utilize you as part of this family. And lastly, and maybe most importantly, let's be obedient today and commit to feeding God's sheep. We got a church over there that's exploding. It's, it's our whole kids' ministry. 
We have so many kids. It's crazy. I don't know what we're going to do, but God's going to provide. But here's the thing. He's calling you to provide. He's calling you to be part of their life, to help shepherd them, to help pastor them, to help feed sheep. So what I'm going to ask you to do, and, and by the way, there's many ways you can feed the sheep. There's many places you can serve, and you can be uh, led to serve wherever God leads you. But what we're going to do is we're going to, the band's going to come and, and lead us in, in one more song. And what I want to do is I'm, I'm going to ask you, as the Lord might lead you, as, as we begin singing this song, to come forward. And I could make it so easy. I could make it so much easier, Alan, if I just put the little QR code up there and they could sit on their butts. But I'm thinking, what would Peter do? What would he do? He would jump up, probably put his jacket on because he's weird like that, and then run forward and say, I'll feed the sheep, right? And so Christianity, we, we, we've made it way too easy. The gospel is never supposed to be easy, right? It costs Jesus his life, and we think it's going to be a cakewalk. I don't know what Bible we're reading. And so I'm going to ask you and invite you to come take your phone and scan that QR code. Scan that QR code, and what's going to happen is, and you can walk back to your seat, and when you do, it's going to ask you, all you have to do is input your name and your telephone number, and within 24 hours, you will receive a personal phone call from someone at the gathering or someone's getting fired. I'm joking. Someone will call you within 24 hours, I promise, okay? And, and you can decide where you might want to serve. There's all sorts of different areas to serve at this church, to get involved, to be a part, and to help feed the sheep. See, we, you're, Cam, you, you ain't even waiting for the song. That's awesome. You ain't have to wait. He's like, that's, yeah, you, yep, exactly. You remind me a lot of Simon, too. But during this next song, I invite you to come and here, and what'll happen is you'll get that phone call. And by the way, if you don't, if you're physically unable to, or if you have a flip phone, <laughs> just wave your hands and we'll come to you. But that might be a little embarrassing, so maybe not. Maybe just sign up at the Connect Center. But you have a flip phone? My man, that's awesome. That's awesome. We're gonna take up an offering for you. No. <laughs> We're this economy's kicking him in the butt. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but I want to invite you to come. And, and here's the cool thing. When you, when you come forward, yeah, yeah, hope, thank you. You're going to get a little sheep. Oh, yeah. You're going to leave with a little sheepy sheep. Yeah, a good little sheep. Why? As a symbol. Just like those rocks. Put that in the closet. Put it on your dashboard. Put it somewhere where you're going to see it. And you pray over the sheep that you're making a commitment to and remind yourself, I'm going to feed some sheep this week. Okay? So as, as, we, as we worship, would you, would you just stand up? And as we worship, I invite you to boldly, like Peter, come forward, scan that QR code and say, you know what? I will feed the sheep. Let's worship. Remember, 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 God has given you the victory. He has bought that. He's secured that. But it's your job to get in the water. Yeah, I'm looking at you because I love you. Jump in. Get in the water. Take that step into victory this week. Because the enemy, you're going to have problems. You're going to have all sorts of stuff come at you. Remember who you are and whose you are. Remember that as you step into victory. As you complete that comeback. We're not fully complete until we're home, take our last breath. But remember, God came back to bring you back so that you could give back.
give back this week in a way that lights someone's world up. Amen? Amen, amen. Listen, one last thing before you leave. If you, if you want to know Jesus or you want to have some sort of prayer need, we have our, our, our whole Connect team. We'd love to pray with you and love to just journey with you and do life together. Um, but for the rest of us, let's go with a joyful heart and a smile on our face, knowing that God is up to good. Amen? Amen. amen. God bless.